are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we're going to take some questions here. It's a sad AMA. We don't have a single Judah question. And I love all you guys for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. But, like, Judah brightens my day when he asks us a question. All right, scroll back up to the top here. Okay, so Patrick Self, uh, I want to salute this. This is the very first question we got. How much faith do you guys have in Dylan Wheeler finally having a decent season? Is this make or break for him? I'd say it's make or break for sure. Like, literally and figuratively, like, he could easily break his body again. But if this year doesn't work out for him, I think Dylan Wendler would be like trade fodder for the Cavs to make like another lateral move to upgrade their wing depth or some other position in need. Like that's just kind of how I feel. Like if you can get him to contribute and the Cavs can utilize him properly in their offense as a shooter. Great. But, um, I like a lot of people like when I was talking about like, like rotations and like depth charts for the Cavs, like, well, where's Windler? I'm like, I need Dylan Windler to stay healthy for me to firmly say like, okay, he is a part of this rotation. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think this is make or break for him. Um, I also just think like that it has been just very unlucky and that it has, you know, not hurt him. Like obviously, you know, he gets hurt before his rookie season, costs him a whole year. Um, got a little bit of G League time that year, but then it never gets to, you know, really gets to finish out that year in a, in a, on a strong note of any of any in any way there. Pandemic comes, comes back slowly, deals with some injuries last year. Kind of just, it, it's not been smooth for him. I think for him, if there's if we want to talk about this sort of in like a, a, a way where like this could work out for him, at least in the short term. He firmly, to me, should be in the conversation for like that, those backup three minutes. Like I, I oh, do yeah. not think that um, him, Jetty, Denzel Valentine, Lamar, Lamar Stevenson, yeah. none of those guys have like on paper here right now differentiated themselves fully from the rest of the pack, right? Like, there, there's no one – if you were to tell me today, like, on September 15th, I had to bet who would be sort of, like, the odds-on favorite to be the backup three, I would tend to think it's Denzel or Lamar just because I think those are more J.B. Bickerstaff-style players. Like, those are guys who are going to, like, Lamar defend. and they give you some familiarity with Lamar. Yeah, but, like, Denzel's, like, this – I just think, like, there's the Denzel case because he's, like, he's, like, the vet who's, like, been in the league. And, like, that, that just screams kind of, like, I, I think J.B. is – would would hit that button but like if you're looking at like an upside play i think there's an argument that like winler has a ton of potential to maybe just be interesting get a shot because he he, on paper he should be the best shooter by a wide margin of any of these guys now jetty's had like a very good three-point shooting season i'm also salute to jetty osmond getting getting in now engaged good for him oh um okay so he was engaged not married no yes yes use instagram money sort um so like if winder comes into training camp and is healthy and like can compete and can like shoot there's like a way he can be i think like a pretty interesting guy but is that like a lot to happen uh no 
Like he like like I, Dylan Windler needs to be like rebuilt, and I also think like it would help if the Cavs just like if the Cavs just did, did anything more modern on offense this year instead of like double drag being like the most one of the more exotic things that they run. Like it would help a guy like Windler. Like if he oh, could just get oh, some so. some cut, like cutting across the lane like a la Duncan Robinson, like just c- trying to create a extra space, like coming off some some pin downs, like setting actions, doing some screening off ball away from the primary action to kind of free him up. Like there's stuff you could do that makes him not stationary that needs to be to kind of get the cast forward. It would make life easier for him and everybody else. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take one more question before we take a break? Yeah, you pick this one out. Oh, gosh. Uh, one I've been chewing on a lot is Daniel Norp asks me this, and I've been thinking about this a little bit lately just because of the Nance trade, but Mobley as a Durant-esque three. Durant, <laughs> um, is a, Durant was a shooter coming out of Texas going into the league, and he played the two guard for the Sonics. I think that was intentional tanking on their part, but he also had to grow into his body more. Um, no. Do not put anyone in Kevin Durant's. Like, yeah. Like I think saying Dur- Durant esque is like just blasphemy. Comparing Darius Garland to Steph I Curry, had, which is what I'm doing right now in a story next week. Evan, Evan, Evan why are you doing that? That's like the 120th percentile if he hits in terms so of like, shooting. So like so so extreme that it's not that possible is what you're telling me. Yeah, dude. That's why I included people okay. like Jeff Teague <laughs> in there too. You're hurting. My, you're hurting. I hate player comes, but like I, I think Mobley, like if he's and Nick Van XL, <laughs> the Van XL one makes if... a little sense. Be honest, he's a small point guard that hit threes a lot, but Van XL also Garland pl- thrived playing um for the Lakers. Dick Garland is Garland. Um, I kind of think that like Mobley like has other stuff that I think is more interesting like i i think like the comp that if you want to go if you want to make like a bonkers comp of like what his like best version of evan Mobley looks like on a really good team i think like i tend to think it's probably more like a Giannis like thing than than a durant thing of he's gonna be like that even may be if he's gonna face so that's a good one well no here's no here's the thing evan Mobley, if he's gonna be the best version of himself as like a lead a plus guy like Hits every mark that he can get to. Mm-hmm. I don't see him as being a guy you're just going to, like, throw the ball to, and he's going to, like, be that smooth with the rock in his hands, getting pull-up jumpers from everyone on the floor. Like, I don't think that's his game. I don't think he's ever going to develop, like, those fast twitch, like, shooting mechanics. Like, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to, like, add a bunch of muscle to his frame and, like, get stronger and, like, bruise guys downhill and run an offense through him that way. And, like, okay. maybe you need a Garland, a guy who's not on the roster yet, a Sexton, Someone to kind of be in like that Chris Middleton role to be your closer. Oh, yeah, I, that's I, what I, I think. That's that. that. That's what I that. That's what I think is like the template for Mobley more than like, hey, he's gonna. You can run. You can have like the tenth best offensive league, just giving the ball to Kevin Durant and letting him do whatever the f he wants for forty eight minutes a night. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I don't think that's Mobley's game. Uh-uh. No, I don't he's think gonna, so either. Like, he's not gonna if if Evan Mobley has rail thin arms in like two years then something has drastically just gone in a way that we didn't expect chris you know what can prevent that bill bar yeah today's sponsor bill bar look bill bar guys coconut cherry bar see you. <laughs>
I actually wasn't even sure that this is where this was going, but then I think about the rest of our sponsors, and um, yeah, you don't like eat car parts. So, uh, cookies and cream, German chocolate, my favorite flavor right now, I think it's the strawberry. Um, if you haven't tried any of the flavors, get a mixed box, you get two of each of the nine flavors. Great macros on these, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Order today. Get the mint brownie, that cherry barcy, or that coconut, or whatever it is you like. Remember, check out that mix box if you want to try them all. And remember, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Sorry, I'm really caught up on you saying you can't eat car parts, like no dip, and that's really making me sweat right now. And you know what can help me out, Chris? Today's sponsor, Sweat Block. So there are a few things in life that just are not fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? That's why I'm wearing a hoodie with confidence in 70 degree weather, which thanks to Sweatblock, currently number one in Amazon's antiperspirant category, thanks to you, the listener. Some of you may know that I personally have dealt with terrible sweating problems. When I speak in public or on a live stream, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Now listen, I know this isn't life or death, and there are a lot more serious problems in the world, but let's be honest, in the moment it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or a first date, God forbid. I'd much rather not worry about it, and that's why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use Sweatblock once, yeah, just once a week, and it will keep me dry the whole time. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirts based on what will hide the sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com using promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon, where again, it's the number one antiperspirant or CVS. All right, so... Chris Carparts Manning is back with us right now, folks. I mean, look, I don't have to worry about that right now. Chris, you know? what is the most edible car part for you? <laughs> None of them. I would... I, you can't air fry your way out of that one. You're um, stuck on a desert island, and you can only use one car part to survive. What would you pick? I'd pick the gasoline and just that. immolate myself in it at all, but... All right, so we got a question from Trevor just, Bauer. Okay. I'm not... I'm not I'm just I'm just going by. We we got to move on here. Okay. Um. So he has how much does Okora really improve this handle? Vegas still didn't impress me, but I'm not a basketball savant, so it could be wrong. Maybe I'm expecting guard handles, and that's why I'm disappointed. So, I tend to think this. I tend to think that summer league is a not a great example for you to like figure out how much stuff has totally improved. Like it is a, such a different flow of game. Everything just works differently. It's guys he doesn't have familiarity with. Like, don't read too much into that. At the same time, I don't expect. Okoro to like, like he like he's not gonna show up and start like crossing dudes over like he's not gonna show you like a bunch of wizardry in his hands like he that's just not what he's gonna be he's a little more robotic and like there's gonna be a limit uh, on sort of how he's gonna improve his dribble at the same time I think if you want to watch and see how he has improved this year if you want to track this where I tend to think that it it's gonna be key is like watch him um, on closeouts and when he's attacking like in any sort of situation where he gets a screen because. Mobley's, excuse me, Okoro's best moments with the ball in his hands, I think, like, the way he's going to be the most successful unless he drastically changes his game in some way. 
I think is going to be a guy that like really attacks closeouts tightly, and that's that requires a handle that is propelling him forward, that is tight, that is not able to get picked at by help defenders or in the lane. Like it has to be something that is solid and in control. And when he's in space or coming on a screen, it has to be something where he is able to control it, keep it tight, and and be in the right spot to continue to move forward. I tend to think you watch that, and if you watch last year, there's times where like he would maybe it'd be a little loose, it would look a little stiff. Guys could smack the ball. Like there's just little stuff he can improve on that can make him much more effective in those situations. You're never gonna see him like doing crazy like trick dribbles or like being like kind of an artiste with the ball in his hands in that way. You're gonna see him be kind of a powerhouse, and like that's gonna require him to keep the ball very tight, protect it, and have a dribble that is more functional than like really fun to watch so I, I that's how i would kind of say it. I, I i think it's an open question of how much it has improved <laughs> we're never going to be able to throw like a percentage on that in any way but that that's just kind of how i look at it yeah i think you have the i think you're spot on on it man like i don't think you can ever say isaac is going to be like a primary initiator of this offense he's just gonna be a tertiary creator which is helpful because i think the Cavs need to play make by committee until they can well, I don't know. Maybe Ricky Rubio and Darius Garland really are the ball to answer some of the Cavs' playmaking needs. But like, you need to have playmaking by a committee. Losing Larry Nance Jr. certainly hurts that a lot too. So you're kind of hoping maybe Isaac Okoro takes that next step. But you shouldn't expect him to be a primary initiator. And like you said, summer league is really tough to uh, fully gauge what the Cavs are trying to do. Like they play Broderick Thomas at point a lot, and Broderick. Oh yeah, shouts to Broderick Thomas. Um, He's in the freaking title of this thing. He got a two-way deal with the Cavs today. Congrats to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good for him. So I uh, want to just note uh, this question from Daniel Norp again. Uh, if you guys want more topics, I could learn more about plays and names like Double Drags. So two things. I think there's there's a great website uh, called Basketball Dictionary. If you want to go do a whole bunch of concepts, like that's a place you can go and, and learn a lot of that. Um, word we don't really have the time i don't think i have we have the knowledge either to really dive and explain this stuff to you in the way like you need there's there's other people that do that work that you can go find on twitter scout with chris um, is not YouTube, coming to your twitter feeds sorry folks or your dms but uh, double just for just a quick banned. explanation of what a double drag is so when you see like basically two bigs that have set staggered screens on on the on the perimeter so like around let's say like the left the left wing so like the the double drag is going to be where they set these staggered screens and typically one guy is going to pop. So like let's say it's it's Lowry Mark Lowry Mark and he's going to pop out and then if Allen's the roll guy, the second guy here closer to the room, he's going to roll. So like the what you do is you set those staggered screens, you create two actions and then the guard has kind of different pathways they can go to kind of move things forward. It's a it, the Cavs ran it a lot last year. They would do they, they didn't really like do a ton of twists on it. Like you'd have some maybe once in a while I got cutting off the weak side, you know, sometimes like both guys dr- like rolling and just doing a staggered delayed roll. But like, it's a, it, it's something they leaned on a lot. And specifically with Ke- for, for Kevin Love. And I think they'll do this with marketing was a lot of like, just get, get a quick three. You can get a clean, quick three point look with Kevin Love, run a double drag. If they totally miss the roll guy, then you throw it to the roll guy and you get them, you get them a dunk. But if Love pops, you can feed it to him and he's either going to make a, a pass to reset the offense or he can get up a quick three. Like it's, it's just kind of like a, a tent, a kind of a basic action you can use to kind of, um, do other stuff with and at least give yourself like a, a base of reference. If, if someone smarter than me tells me I'm wrong, I'm also open to be wrong, I think, but I, I just, I, that's kind of how I, I'd understand it. 
Well, here's something I'm going to tell you you're wrong about. You, you cannot eat car parts, and our friends at Rock Auto do not condone this action, and they're also today's sponsor for this episode. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend up to 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 at a chain store and $216 at Rock Auto. And in my case, uh, an AC system is about $1,000 to replace. But if you use your friends at Rock Auto, I saved like 600 bucks, I think, at the end of the day on the part alone. And then the service itself balanced it out, but that's a story for another day. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low and are for every customer. You should go explore their easy-to-use website today and find a solution for your auto parts needs. So if you're interested, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or vehicle. Right locked on in there, how did you hear about this box to know that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, but you cannot unfortunately eat. RockAuto.com. Also, got to tell you about our friends at Bet Online, the official betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, and they're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start on their football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up and use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. That's Bet Online, your f- the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Evan, let's do two more questions. Okay. Um, I want you to pick. Do you want to? You want to pick one first, or do you want me to pick one first? You go ahead and pick. I picked the second to last one, so I feel like you're on a roll right now. Okay, so I'm calling you butter. Um, not a roll. Chris Carparts Butter Manning. Then the nickname just rolls off the tongue. Look, I gotta tell you, car car shopping right now. Not fun. Not fun. Not at all. But hey, Chris has a uh has three don't know, cyber don't trucks. Know. So Oh, this is okay about to actually dox me what car happened. His license uh, plate number is C M W C W Scott with it's Scott with B. No, it's C W M W R exclamation point t-e-s so everyone knows who you are on the road okay so i'm gonna choose violence what's the most narcissistic thing you could put your own twitter handle as your license plate so everyone knows like hey it's at am not evan so like that guy has his twitter handle and he just cut me off yeah my my uh i'm like uh, the most defensive driver i drive like an old person it drives people up a wall when i have to drive places okay that's that's good to know. Stephen I, I Jenkins. Will, I asked, literally will set cruise control to fifty five when it's fifty five and just sit there. And everyone's like, "Dude, you can go faster." I'm like, "Yeah, but I don't want a ticket." So, college Evan learned his lesson quick, folks. That's a story for maybe next week's show. <laughs> Does Colin get more aggressive and take more shots and bog down the offense more in a contract year? I want to say no, but hmm. That is a good question, actually. 
Can I tell you what would actually help him make more money and also help the team do better? Take more threes and make more. Well, just take more uh-huh. threes in general. It's something I wrote in his yeah. player review. It's something we've been sitting screaming for the mountaintops for months now. Is if he Colin Sexton's life would be so much easier because if you look at his shot profile and how like he t- his like how he consumes the on offense. If he just took more threes. I would probably start stop bitching about his usage rate so much and maybe stop saying he's a six man so much and he'd help the rest of the team so much more. Maybe the rest of his teammates wouldn't hate playing with him so much if he just took more threes and made their lives a hell of a lot easier. Like, yeah, him making the simple read on Jared Allen, really, really good development on Collins' part. Like, I was pleasantly surprised. Taking more threes is the next step. Like, Chris pointed this out really, really intelligently a long about a year ago or so, where he said Colin needs to start using his aggressiveness to get to the free throw line more often. And that's a Colin. That was the next step in his offensive evolution. I think defensively we got a punt on him being a defensive player. But if he takes more threes, it just makes everybody's life so much easier. So my I tend to think no. I I do too. I, I agree. So I agree with you. I think it's more threes, and I think it's using his speed and his, like, strength and his... Like, he's got a pretty strong frame for, like, a smaller guard. We saw a little bit of this last year. I think it's more free throws. I think those two things iron out some... Like, just a little... Change the shot profile a little bit, and not only will you make more money, but you'll just be a more effective player. And that's something Chris Middleton has done. Um, kind of, I think, most famously, and remember, cut out a lot of long twos to take threes and... There's just there's just tangible benefits for for guys doing that. So that that's my answer there. Evan, you got to pick a question now. Okay. Um, hmm. Well, a lot of people were resonating with your question. That was a really good hypothetical about what area you'd like to go back to. We touched on this a little bit, but we'll talk about it again because I have thought about it a bit. Um, Patrick Self again. Does the Pango signing indicate a midseason Rubio trade may occur? In parentheses, especially considering Rubio's desire to play for a contender. I think that caveat is the new development on things um i want to say no i think the Cavs might try and explore like shoot maybe they get in a three-teamer with houston and they bring dante axon back for old time's sake but um i think rubio would make sense on a lot of contending teams like he just makes a lot of sense as a bench guard for a lot of contending teams um but I don't know if Pangos is really the answer. Either. I think Pangos is the break glass in case of emergency because Ricky Rubio, thankfully, has stayed healthy for the better part of the last few seasons. But you can't rely on him and Garland to be out there on a night-to-night basis some nights. So Pangos is just like your third option. And I don't know. Kudos to the Cavs for finally getting two healthy or competent options behind Darius. I mean, we don't we don't know how good Pangos is in the NBA. It's just, it's just like we have no idea. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a big what if. Like, if this was Marvel's Disney Plus's Marvel What If, this would be an episode of What If Kevin Pangos played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know. That was that was my lame. Not, they, you know, you 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 didn't quite land it, but I appreciate the effort. Um, I, I tend to think that, that like that. You know, you did what I would do. Just mess it up. Um, Stop it. I tend to think. I tend to think that, like, though, like, if the season, like, I'm cool with finding out if Pangos is, like, any good if they just get to the end of the year and, like, Ruby's yeah. been traded and the team is Why kind not? of bad. And then it's like, okay, like, it's not all that harmful at that point if you're just trying to figure out what matters for the next year again already. Yeah. Why not? Like, 
why not? You sign this guy. You might as well see what you have with him. If there's something there, I his contract is pretty much non-guaranteed after the season. It's for the men. Mm-hmm. Um, you see what you have, and then maybe I don't know. Maybe you get a good enough tape on him that he could be a trade chip for you for like a again a Kobe Altman I mean, special. You could, you you could buy him a bunch of non-guaranteed anyway. contracts to make a deal work. Um, we have one more question I wanted to hit, and I couldn't find it before, so I just want to find oh, it. Oh, I got one. Quick. I got okay, one. Per- I got one. I already got it. Oh, yeah, that's uh, the same one. I Project have. NBA underscore. Do you guys think Jared Allen will develop a reliable jumper? Can I? I want to. I want to say that a he already has a pretty good like jumper from the free throw line. Yeah, like he actually already has it the in mecha- his bag. It's the mechanics pretty, it's, are solid. It's just not a part of his yeah. toolkit. Well, but, but I want to twist this question and ask like, do you care if he has like a reliable like three point jumper? And like I. I don't think Jared Allen's going to be taking like a lot of jumpers. Hot take. Again, Chris Manning with the controversial takes here. I remember when we joked about how Andre Drummond got, was gone. The Cavs wouldn't have a three or a setter that took threes, and then Jared Allen took a three soon after that, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, not again. But um, but he like, but he like, it like didn't look like bad. Is the thing like it's like no, that's the thing. Like he has a solid. He has solid shot mechanics. It's just not part of his toolkit. And I think Jared Allen is hyper aware of like what is beneficial to it and like not bogging. Like he is the antithesis of what Andre Drummond was for this cast team where Drummond was gonna soak up yeah. so many shots in the low post. He was gonna dominate the ball. He was gonna take lazy threes. He was gonna give half effort on well, both and, ends. And, well they play defense. Like Jared Allen tries to block like every single shot with it with his life and use his body. Drummond mm-hmm. is like, I'm gonna like let you go by. I'm gonna have active hands, but I'm gonna let you go by me and try to chase you down. Like they their ethos is as players are just like basically extremely different. And Drummond obviously like a little like Allen is this long kind of like stretchy kind of thing and Drummond is a little theoretically a little more solid a little more bulky um yeah. and kind of in that vein i think so it, i guess sure if he took threes i think every now and then sure why not but i just don't really see it becoming a part of his toolkit now if it's like a mid-range jumper or something like the Cavs can kind of use as like a pop option and can provide more spacing theoretically but he has he has it he has, he has it. he just doesn't use it that often it's a, it's like a it's like a, it's a, yeah it's a release valve like his best work is like is like lob threat crashing the offensive glass um screening for you and rolling and then like that safety valve 16 footer is is there like if he rolls and the lane is clogged and then he's just like sitting there by himself like he can make that shot i'll be curious to see if the Cavs like like when they play him and mobley together i think it, it'll be worth watching like where they try to place him because if mobley's let's say rolling to the rim you know do they put down in the corner and like try to make him like a corner three-point shooter to at least like draw a defender out of that way right like i think like there are just things that Tactically, I'll be curious to see how they kind of handle it offensively. I, th- like, I, I tend to think that the defensive fit for Mobley and Allen is much cleaner than the offensive fit. As we start off year one of the partnership, I think their defensive fit to me makes way more sense on paper than the offensive fit because I, I think it's going to require, especially because like you don't have like a dead eye shooter at, at the three. Like you have, you're basically putting a lot of pressure on the guards to be your shooters, and then like, where do you like how how do you kind of fit all these pieces together? It's an open question that I want to see how creative they're willing to get to kind of work around it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Sorry, I was gonna ask Finnegan for his thoughts, but homie is he is comped out on the couch right now, and I just 
Yeah, I don't know. I think defensively the fit between Allen and Mobley make a ton of sense. I have a lot of questions offensively how it's going to work unless the Cavs really want to play 80-style basketball like they J.B. Bickerstaff joked about last season. But um, I think it, more it's, so it's very, you want Mobley I, to I, develop a three-point shot than you do Allen. And I think Mobley has a better potential that, that, to do so. Yeah, it just that might be a year two thing we see, or second half of year one thing. Like I, I don't really oh, have yeah, a gauge on like what his three point shot is going to look like from day one. I, I don't think we know. I mean, I think that's like why marketing like there, there's logic to him starting like from day one if you want to just make things functional but not put a ton of pressure on Mobley right away i think that's like a route you could go there's just like a lot of little th- and i also again, I just really makes life easier for okoro he makes life easier for a lot of these there's a players. lot of well but, there, but there's just a lot of, of how pressure bad on this cast team is at shooting well but that's what i'm saying it's like for a guy that is like marketing is fine like oh, he's not a there's savior. a lot of pressure very highly paid no but it's player. but the, but the fact but the fact that it's like that's like the guy that needs your is your like connecting tissue is like kind of an interesting quirk of this roster i would say oh, yeah. i also just think like if there's if, if there's ever been time for jb bickerstaff to be willing to like show that he can kind of be more creative with the what 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 the roster is presented to him this is the year it has to happen like it has to be like this roster is dying for like a coach to come in and look at it and say okay i have all these funky pieces but I can try to make, and they're really young, and like there's going to be some some stuff here that isn't totally clean. But I'm going to be creative and try to work around it. I, I we're gonna, I think that if you, if the Cavs had a coach that I think you were sure could do that, I think the opinion of the team for me changed a little bit. I just don't know if, what you're going to get from JB in that regard. And I like JB. I think he's mm-hmm. like the right tenor in a lot of regards. I think he handles stuff really well. I think he's trying to like his idea on defense last year of just like we're gonna like nail the fundamentals and then try to add wrinkles in as we go on is the right approach for a young team that sucked on defense we'll see where it goes this year and i think offensively there's just a lot that i need to we we need to see to kind of i don't feel like i know what his like offensive vision is other than just like kind of very vanilla like actions and and banking on guys making plays out of those those actions like there's nothing that like he is like if the Cavs had like whoever like the head coach was that is like the like, I don't know why it doesn't happen in the NBA and maybe because like there's so much it's it's a little harder to break it down because there's just so much action and some of it is more like artistic and and improvised sometimes, mm-hmm. but like it'd be interesting if like we talked about NBA head coaches a little bit more akin to like how like Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan and Kevin Stefanski are talked about. Because, like, those guys are developing these systems and then adding layers and expanding them based on their personnel. Like, look at what McVay is doing with, with Stafford, being able to, like, chuck the ball from one side of the field to the other 50 yards on the second throw that he threw um, on Sunday Night Football. Like, I, 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 I would I, – it's maybe just a lack of, like, my knowledge in covering the league and not maybe asking the right questions or talking to the right people. But I think there is, like – I would be curious to see if, like, that is, like, a model that we could see in the NBA to some regard. Yeah, that's something I've thought about for a while, too, and I feel like it's... I don't know if there's, like... There are the pieces there. Like, I... Jordy Fernandez is the guy I lean on a lot with this because Jordy Fernandez literally has his PhD in basketball analytics and how, like, analytics applies to an offense and stuff and, like, what's, like, very Stefanski-esque in his approach in designing Denver's offense. And, you know, he has input from Mike Malone as well. But that is a good question because... But it's also like they have Nikola Jokic who just, like, oh, makes yeah, a lot he, of that possible. Oh, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, 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 But that's yeah, the thing like, is, like, like McVay, 
to be fair, Jared Goff was literally Pinocchio under Sean McVay. And well, that's what the, I'm saying. It's the, like the, you get the the like McVay, but McVay can run like a scheme and like make Jared Goff like amazing. And it's a little harder to do. It's harder to do that in basketball. But like, I'm saying you can't, like, that's your, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It was like you bring in like a, a, a truly cerebral offensive coach who can also because basketball is tough too. I think like football, you have so many positions and skill coaches too. Like the head coach is more of like yeah, when like you're you're literally the like boss. you're like. They, they, well, they're like script, like even like a to, for like, and they script. No, they uh, like, like NFL the first offenses script like their so first scripted. 10, 15 plays. Like they yeah. practice those 10 or yeah. 15 plays and then they go into their bag and start calling plays. Yeah. And like the NBA, it's like, it's not a, like you don't have like, it's not like when like when you do like walk counts like and brings the game, ball, he did not get to run. Well, the but even like, stuff. even in, even, even in game, it's not like Colin Se- like there's just like Colin Sexton when he gets the inbounds pass is not like well, the other difference. He's is not getting a call football, to his headset. The defense you know I mean? like, is set. The offense is set. Then you call the play. Basketball's fluid and in motion. This is like the no dip observation of Evan right now. Well, but. well, no, the, the play is often called. Then you make tweaks at the line depending oh, on like what thing. Under- but it's like yes, yes, yeah. I understand how yeah. audible works. Yeah. But um, no, but I'm just saying like the, there's not like a lead up time. You know what I mean? Like you're not and you're not like like the the yeah, reads you're yeah. making are not like like you're making them like it's like a snap decision shouts to thanos like it's 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 just instantaneous like muscle reaction almost yeah. like it is not it's just it's just so different that i don't know if the, this comp even like works it's just one of those things where it's like i i would i just i wonder if like the if you had an architect who was more inventive if things would go smoother like would you i you know what i mean yeah like that's just where it comes this to. is a good lead-in to probably the last question of the night um Trevor Bauer asks, did they ever sign an offensive specialist type assistant coach like you guys have been asking for? No, I don't think Sidney Lowe is going to fit that bill. I think Sidney Lowe is, I don't know. He's a player development coach. He's, well, he's. I think he's a chip off of the, the bigger stuff kind of block. Oh, for um, sure. He's, uh, I was just, uh, he uh, has, good, good Q&A a, in the athletic depth with Kelsey Rich yeah. so that people should, be, should go check out. Sidney Lowe has a wealth of experience coaching as an assistant and a head coach in college. I think he will help these players develop and grow. I just the Chris and I were kind of taking the football approach and talking about like, okay, JB could be like the guy who schemes up the defense. You need to bring in a guy who can install an offensive system. No, the Cavs yeah, like J- JB that. is like the CEO is like a CEO type head coach to me. Yeah, he. You know what I mean? He is the connective bridge between the locker room and the coaching staff so that there's no divide like John Bayline because John I guess maybe Bayline's a good example that Bayline tried to come in and install his offensive system and players just did not respond to it and they mutinied against him like yeah and like and you he know, tried to but like is that like is that college yeah and also is but it's like how much of that is like also like the person you know what I mean that's, that's like that's who it's like because because it's like you like with like Shanahan or Steph, like Stefanski, like there's buy-in with Stefanski. You know what I mean? Like there is trust in Stefanski. There's trust in Shanahan. Like, you know, you did like no one was like Bill O'Brien. I'm gonna run through a wall for you with the Houston Texans. You know what I mean? Yeah, Bill um, O'Brien's a good example of college coaches not working like the NBA. So Lane Kiffin, baby, the OG of it all. But anyway, that's gonna be it. Uh, we're gonna wrap up there. Yeah, it's almost ten o'clock. Your boy's said, tired. <laughs> I'm not. I have a lot of energy. It's not good. But anyway, everyone have a good night. Be well. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, we'll be back next week, and training camp is coming up very soon. So I'll talk about my speeding ticket and- problem in college. See you then, everyone. <laughs> that's that's for the Patreon, Evan. Yeah. Feet that we don't have because we don't. Yes. 
Oh, oh, oh my god, I'm done. <laughs>